while back I wrote, I will let this world owe me nothing. I will make no demands of it or hold it accountable to make me happy. It cannot fulfill my destiny or fill me with what I'm created for. I will find my joy from above, lest I become captive. I already have in trust what this world cannot provide. Thanks for joining us on Life Journeys, a podcast about thriving through the worst pain that life brings. With global initiatives threatening big changes to our way of life, we're going to need to activate Jesus's words about mountain-moving faith. Words That Work is the ongoing series on life journeys that is rooted in releasing revelational words of faith that will work every time and with everyone. It's about moving the mountains that keep us from the presence and goodness of God. It's about defining our life purpose and identity through encountering Him. Until we have the power to move the obstacles that are destroying our liberty and hope. Whatever is our life supply will become our master. Whether it be material goods, self-esteem, peace, or happiness. As a pastor, I'd often tell people, find something worth dying for, and you'll find something worth living for. Too many things master people's lives, and it winds up holding them hostage. As I was in prayer one morning, this thought just burst into my mind. The life I have in Christ Jesus is all-encompassing. It's greater than my earthly life and has swallowed it up. The application here is as a weapon against condemnation and regret for past sins. I often am dismayed by how much more I could have done to glorify God if I had been a better Christian. I can get discouraged by thinking that I'll always bear this mark on my soul and its scars will diminish my future ability to bring the gospel to the world. But no, as carnal as my earthly life is, as sinful and as tainted, so much more is the mighty life of Christ that envelops me. My stature as a human man is encompassed by a much greater life in the fullness of God. My past and my carnality do not walk shoulder to shoulder with the power of the born-again life of the Spirit. Learn to find the remedy for the sin. Live the life that is from above and you won't be defeated by the life that's around you. Listen, you can live by faith. You have been given the right to stop living by what you see and feel and hear or by your past. Use faith to find your new life from above. It is Jesus' life given to you to call your own. Then, when you encounter the glory of God, it's like looking in the mirror. Start seeing who you really are. What a glorious future is ours against the backdrop of this present darkness that we now live in. All we see here that is destroying the nations is extremely temporary. All that works to instill fear and control over our lives is less than nothing to those of us who live the life that is from above. While the world works feverishly to sustain a world destined to be destroyed, we work for a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Paul said, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, 
that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. I want to live the life that Jesus has given me. That doesn't mean just following Jesus' example and trying to act and talk and look like him. It means to allow the very life that is Christ to be manifested in me. It is his life force, his power, his mind, and being our essence in union with my body and mind and soul. Thus I can say, I am who we are. Christ is my life and defines it, not my pain or despair. My present life focus and purpose is not to merely expose the darkness that's going on in the nation. It's to shine the light of who is in us and overcome the darkness. That was Jesus' final message to the churches. Don't just understand the times. Overcome them. My body may ache and it may be disinclined to obey me or to obey God. It may be assaulted with anxiety. I may hear that my children are under attack. Perhaps it's news of the coming global government. Or it could be a verbal assault on my ministry or family. In all these things, Satan is trying to dominate my life with fear and anger and pain. But the Bible says, Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I have the life of God in me. And he's not only greater than the assaults, but also than that demonic power that is behind it all. That's the confession we should have. We're not here to be intimidated. We're here to intimidate with faith and love and with liberty. To live the life that is from above is the only answer for the coming days. Think the Word of God instead of fear. Spend time seeking the presence of God, not on keeping all your stuff. Paul said, We're not wrestling against men. Then he said, Put on all the armor of God that you may be able to stand. And that's what this podcast is about today. Being imprisoned in the sewer beneath the street a block away from the Colosseum, Paul was undoubtedly very conscious of the intense battles Christians were facing there. They were being martyred for their faith, and the blood and refuse from the arena flowed through his holding cell. He, too, was in an intense battle where only his life in Christ could sustain him. His only answer was to live the supernatural life of Christ. These Christians had no physical armor to defend themselves. They would be subject to lions and gladiators whose task was to kill or be killed. Death reigned on the floor of the Colosseum for the entertainment of the government and as a spectacle of fear for the crowds. What would Christians have to protect themselves from fear and death? Certainly, Paul was taunted often by the possibility that his blood could flow through his prison cell floor where he stood, sometimes knee-deep in filth. Other notable Christians, like the pastor of the Revelation Church in Smyrna, would die there. This was no game. There were no denominations, no differing flavors of Christian doctrine, and no discord among these believers. There was only life and death, 
another night alive, or an empty chain. It was either live for Jesus and be tortured to death, or recant and live with condemnation and hopelessness for the remainder of your life. What was their mindset? What did they need to know? How would they possibly carry on? How could Paul write about things like marriage, unity in Christ, and revelations of hope and power and glory, and teaching about ministry gifts? He'd write, Live holy, love your enemies, honor your parents, and nurture your marriage and your children. All these things he wrote with the hot breath of vicious murder and mind-numbing terror all around him. He'd essentially say, You are wrestling with something beyond these terrorists, the Roman soldiers' ferocity and the government's corruption. Be strong in the Lord. Your battle is with demonic forces that are trying to wipe out the gospel and faith in Christ. If you succumb and the population of churches sees you give up, Christianity will be wiped out by fear. If we give in, future generations will never know of the death and resurrection of Christ and of salvation. You're fighting for the honor of God and for the hope of the world to come. You're going to need God's supernatural armor. Today, our call is not to survive in comfort and an easy retirement. Our call is not living, it's standing. Paul said, when you've done all, stand. Every hardship we face because of our stand must be undergirded by a clear recognition of why we suffer. We are withstanding principalities and powers of wickedness and darkness in high places, he'd say. Many today can't recognize the truth. It's always been that way. They can't discern lies. The corruption in government, education, medicine, the media, and finance is impossible for some to see. They have no idea how to vote, to govern, to learn, or to live with wisdom and love. The world can't perceive darkness, but they can see you. They can see love splashed on the canvas of your life's struggles. Get a good revelation of the real battle. It's not a head issue, educational, political, how we were raised, or scientific. It's purely demonic. It's a heart issue. The tip of the sword is loving our enemies in the face of great personal losses if necessary. Get over the grieving over the fall of democracy, liberty, and justice. This is not about the American way being destroyed. It's about eternity. This wasn't about fear over facing the lions in the Colosseum in Paul's day, or even about defending your family from death by wild beasts for the crowd's pleasure. It's about keeping eyes fixed on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. It was about the real faith, not to have an abundant earthly life at all, but to stand for Christ and the glory of God. You and I are not called to stand against the government, the media, the mocking atheists, or cruel dictators. You're called to stand against the source of evil itself. 
That's why Paul's one prayer request in light of all that was happening was simply this. Pray that I have the boldness to speak as I ought. He wasn't asking that his life be spared, that his suffering be eased, or that his ministry would gain traction to satisfy his ego or validate his purposes. When you get to this level of revelation about your life purpose and identity, you don't need validation or to find some hope of survival. You just need the power to stand and speak until they silence your breath. That's a free man. Paul would close with the desire that all of his affairs may be known by the church and how he was doing, he said. He says he wants their hearts to be comforted and that they know of the grace and of the love of the Lord. When all the records of one's life are filled up, there's one thing that matters. Be comforted that the grace of our Lord was given me, that I might have power to stand against all that this world has thrown against me. The knowledge and power of the Spirit of the Savior has granted me victory in life and in death, Paul would say. Now, carry on in this pathway of salvation that your sons and daughters, your husbands and wives, and your neighbors and enemies all know of the love of God for you all. Wage a good spiritual fight in order that you may stand and that your life may declare the victory of the gospel. You can unlock the presence of God in your life. There are revelation principles that remove the mountains, keeping us from joy, hope, peace, and purpose when our world gets turned upside down. Look for these words that work with Pastor Hardica as he shares what has helped him when life got hard. And don't forget to check out his book, The Fortress and the Firebrand, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thanks for listening to Life Journeys. Find new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. And if you're new to this series, it begins with the September 16th episode. The tip of the sword is loving our enemies in the face of great personal losses if necessary. Get over the grieving over the fall of democracy, liberty, and justice. This is not about the American way being destroyed. It's about eternity.